Hello and welcome to Engage Your World, the podcast of Engage 360 Ministries. We're continuing on in our series through Acts, and uh, today is another chapter where we're not going to touch specifically on evangelism, but in Acts chapter 12, um, we noticed a few things that we thought were worth drawing out, as well as Acts chapter 12 being the transition between uh, initially focusing on Peter and the other disciples uh, as they transition to being apostles for Christ. And really in 13, we start to get a significant focus around Saul, Paul, uh, for the rest of the book of Acts. And so we thought we'll go ahead and cover here probably a little shorter episode. But like I said, I think there's a few things that are really worth drawing out here that we are excited to get into. Uh, joining me, as is often the case, is Joshua Erlene, who is uh, one of our other trainers. Uh, we've been uh, working on a lot of different content. If you guys aren't um, in, in our community, if, if you haven't seen any of that on our, on our emails, uh, be sure to reach out. But uh, we have a lot of good things going on, and we are excited to get back to uh, doing several of these. So, uh, Josh, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me again. All right, so uh, getting into Acts 12 here, uh, one of the things as we were discussing whether we should cover this one or not, one thing that came up was was this interesting contrast that maybe some people would catch, some some might miss, but in the beginning of Acts 12, you have Herod killing James, the brother of John, uh, also called James the Less, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's right. And then shortly after that, uh, Herod arrests Peter and has him between all these soldiers, and there's the dramatic, and maybe we can get into reading the text, but Peter is, is imprisoned with many guards and is miraculously delivered by an angel from these guards. Causes a lot of problems for those guards, and uh, Herod is quite mad about it. But what we thought of that we thought could be worth discussion is this interesting contrast that I think would be very hard for us today. A lot of people might question, they didn't seem to, at least based on the text we have here, give it a, a significant thought, but it's that one apostle is killed while the other is miraculously delivered. And some people might say, wait, that's not fair. How is that? Why why would God do that? Why would God allow one to be killed and the other to not? Why would he not miraculously deliver both? Yeah, so it, it it seems like a strange way to move the ball forward. I mean, so James had so much potential. There was so much ministry yet that he could accomplish. And, you know, aside from the fairness question, there's there's the question of God's purposes and the, you know, the missed, supposedly missed ministry opportunities that, that James would have had. Right, right. Yeah, there's a whole lot you know, really going on as you really start to think through this. And uh, Josh, you made some really, I think, interesting, helpful comments um, comparing back to David and um, just draw out for everyone that discussion of, you know, why why would God allow, why would God not just miraculously deliver both of them to keep them out serving for the sake of the gospel? Right. Well, the short answer is we we don't know. But Moses said that the hidden things belong to God, but the revealed things belong to us and to our children forever. So there are some things that, that only God knows that we just just don't have access to. Um, it, well, in the next chapter, Paul is going to mention David 
and he's going to actually quote from the psalm, you know, that you will not let your Holy One see decay. But then he points out that after David had served his purpose in his time, that he was, that he was buried. So there's a bigger picture going on. There's, there's more to what God is, what God is doing than even just in our immediate circumstances or, or what we can, what we can see. There's a bigger picture being played. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that God's purposes do prevail and not to jump ahead too far, but Herod at the end of the story, main player in the story, he's the one that, that kills James and imprisons Peter. Well, at the end of the story, or this little vignette, he dies. Uh, he dies in a direct judgment. So we, we see that, that they were vindicated. You know, they were, uh, God's purposes end up being the, the purposes that prevail. And, um, so there's, there's a bigger, there's a bigger story being told than what we can immediately see than just, you know, what we have in front of us. And so that ends up being an anchor, uh, for us that God is working out his purposes. That's the, the anchor for, uh, for the apostles. That's the anchor for us that God, God's purposes ultimately are the purposes that prevail. Yeah. So there's, I remember there's a, a story that Ken has told one of our colleagues about this young missionary that, um, uh, he was a young man. He was called to missions. He was approved for missions. He was ready for missions. He was prepared. He had, he had, you know, done his support raising and, and got this infrastructure in place. He's two months from heading out to the mission field and he dies in a tragic car accident. And you're left wondering, you know, what, what happened? What was this all about? Well, we don't, we don't get to know that. We don't know what that, what that's about. But we do know that God is moving his story forward and that uh, his purposes ultimately are going to prevail, even in the midst of all these hard things that we just can't, can't figure out. Right. Yeah, and we'll get into talking about that Herod because that was another interesting little nugget we found uh, that we want to bring up is is something with that from Josephus. So we'll get into that. Um, but you know, it really what what I thought of as we were having the discussion initially was you know I don't even know if it would at this point now right after Jesus' death they're all very confused right they, even when he's arrested and there's a lot of doubt there's a lot of uh, um, not being sure what's going on. But at this point in the ministry of the apostles, even though we're not that far in time-wise, they are so fully committed and their faith has matured such that I don't know that they were asking questions like, why would this person die? I think they were pretty much all expecting that would likely happen. They were focused completely on serving God with whatever time, whatever people he gave them. And so I don't know that it even would have been a question quite in their minds at this point because they were there to serve. They expected to suffer. I mean, we even think back now, Peter's delivered here and was delivered in that circumstance. But the first time Peter and a few of the others are arrested and beaten, they say, you know, we can't believe we're accounted worthy to suffer for the cause of Christ. So I don't know that they would have been asking the kind of questions we might ask. They were they were there to serve, and their mind uh, was ultimately fixed on the world to come and making the most of the life they were given in this this world. Um, so you know, just maybe a contrast there. But it, I, I say that as an encouragement to us. You know, a thoughtful um, kind of 
consideration of that contrast and you know where where is our mindset are we prepared to uh, serve God with whatever situations he gives us with whatever challenges he gives us with whatever blessings that we would we would call blessings now you could say all of them are blessings whether they're challenges or they're they're what we would say good things um, so can we have that same can we have that same mindset and that's really the question is what is where is our mind at you know that's something I think we can learn from this are we are we only seeing God at work when things go the way we want them to or do we see God working even when things are hard, even when things go against the plan that we think should be in place? And that seems to be where the apostles were. They were they were going, they were making the best choices they could, they were serving with the opportunities that were in front of them, they were going and finding ways to create more opportunities, and whatever happened in the end, they trusted God in it, it seems. And so I think that's a good encouragement to us. Right, yeah, and uh, you know, to pick up that, on that little sermonizing there, there is an attachment that we can that we can form uh, that makes trust difficult. We get attached to our comfort, our you know the stuff uh, in life, the things that we're that we're used to. Uh, but the early disciples were captivated by the risen Christ. They they had this this deep sense that Jesus really is Lord, and that he is he's the King. He's the one that's conquered and. Uh, and so it gave them focus. Uh, they really were, um, like, like I said, they, they, they didn't, they don't seem to have the attachments that, uh, that we tend to form when things are, uh, monotonous and easy and comfortable and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, they, they had clarity, clarity that we can have too, <laughs> that Jesus, Jesus still is Lord, uh, today. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, so we'll wrap that little section up there, and let's have this uh, some discussion here on the death of Herod, because, uh, like I said, we found a, an interesting little nugget from uh, Josephus, so I'll make sure I have that pulled up here as well. So here we have uh, Herod after he had uh, uh, killed James and imprisoned Peter, and then Peter's released. Um, it then goes into talking about how Herod was angry, and so uh, here in Acts 12 starting in verse 20. And I'm going to read this and Josephus because it's so interesting, the comparison. So, um, now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord, and having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, The voice of a god and not of man of a man. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down, because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. Okay, so we're going to focus in on that through 23. So immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down, because he did not give God the glory. So I was kind of looking into this. I thought, you know, I, I read that before but had never really dug into it, and I found something pretty interesting in doing some research. So keeping in mind there's a, a royal, uh, there's, a, there's a gathering that the king puts on 
his royal robes and takes a seat upon the throne, delivers an oration, then people shout the voice of a God, not of a man, and then he's struck down. Okay, And then it says he was eaten by worms. Now you could think, okay, well, maybe it's just like put in the ground eaten by worms. But there may be more to it that's more immediate. Because here's what we have in Josephus. So this is in Antiquities. Um, 19.8.2 is the, the reference, the quick reference. Uh, if you have a copy of Antiquities or want to look it up online again, Josephus Antiquities 19.8.2. Okay, so here's Josephus. So again, this is not the New Testament. I'm not reading from the Bible here. I'm reading from Josephus's histories. Okay, at which festival a great multitude was gotten together of the principal persons, and such were of the dignity through his, as such were the dignity of dignity through his province. On the second day of which shows, he put on a garment made wholly of silver and of a contexture truly wonderful and came into the theater early in the morning, at which time the silverous garment being illuminated by the fresh reflection of the sun's rays upon it, shone out after a surprising manner and was so resplendent as to spread a horror over those who looked intently upon him. And presently his flatterers cried out, one from one place and another from another, in parentheses, though not for his good, in parentheses, that he was a god. And they added, Be thou merciful to us, for although we have hitherto referenced thee only a man, yet shall we henceforth own thee as superior to mortal nature. Upon this the king did neither rebuke them nor reject their impious flattery. But as he presently afterwards looked up, he saw an owl sitting on a certain rope over his head, and immediately understood this bird was the messenger of ill tidings, as it had once been a messenger of good tidings to him, and fell into deepest sorrow. A severe pain also arose in his belly and began in a most violent manner. He therefore looked upon his friends and said, I, whom you called a god, am commanded presently to depart this life. While providence thus reproves the lying words you just now said to me, and I, who was by you called immortal, am immediately to be hurried away by death. Okay, so I just found that fascinating. We see things that corroborate both the Old and New Testament in extra-biblical sources. It's not a completely rare thing. And yet it is really interesting and encouraging, I think, when we have that happen. And the way that there are similarities, but it's... It would not. It doesn't seem like the case that somebody could have just read uh, an account that was written down and just copied it into the Bible, because the differences are significant enough. It's clearly a different account, but the similarities are similar enough that it's clearly a unique account of the same event, or it seems to very. I'd say it's strongly. You know. Maybe if any skeptics would be listening, they would not agree as much. So maybe clearly is a little strong. But it seems to be a very strong implication that these, what I've heard, there are some Christian scholars that have, have done some work called undesigned coincidences. There seem to be these undesigned coincidences. The New Testament is saying uh, that uh, he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. In Josephus, it's saying that he had this severe, violent stomach pain. Okay, now those could be related. Those, it seems like the source of that could be the very, very similar. Uh, but 
the significance is that you can't steal one from the other, it wouldn't seem. They're too different, even though they might be describing the same thing. Uh, it seems to genuinely be the case that these are eyewitness accounts, which is, I think, pretty fascinating. Yeah, it doesn't smell like collusion. And one other thing to, to note, to highlight what you'd already said about Josephus, he's a, uh, he's a Hebrew uh, historian. He's not he's a Jewish historian. He's not a, uh, he's not a Christian. And so this is his account. He was, I think he was commissioned by Flavius, uh, not Flavius, uh, by Caesar uh, to write the Jewish wars. And I don't know how all the books connect exactly, but he was writing, I think, to a, uh, to a Roman audience, uh, kind of a history of the Jews and the Jewish wars specifically. Yeah. Something I I mean I I don't know the context I've read little bits of it here and there but right. I I know I, almost uh, nothing I was not so aware of the yeah. the full context but that that sounds right for what whatever it's worth yeah so we you know we're not going to go to the stake over that we uh, um, we're not <laughs> don't quote us on that for, part <laughs> yeah so you can check that out yourself but anyways I just I just found that fascinating again little nuggets we want to give you guys so this is just a little encouragement the the things that happen in the New Testament it's not just a few people making something up in a room alone and then they go out and sell it to the world. So many of these things are appealing to historical events that if they aren't telling the truth, there would be a lot of people at that time that could have denied it. Like said, no, that's false. No one else saw that. What are you talking about? That's not how that event went. That's not how Herod died. That's not, you know, there's, but they're grounding it in history. They're grounding it in a way that is putting the credibility of the message at stake in many different ways at many different points and yet the message continues to go forward the church continues to grow in spite of persecution and we should take great encouragement in that you know we don't follow a faith that is just a personal opinion of a few people that became a personal opinion of a few more people and eventually kind of spread to most of the world these, these are people convicted that they saw the life of Jesus. They saw the death of Jesus. They saw the resurrection of Jesus. They went out. They, they went from being scared to being willing to suffer. They document what actually happened in real life, in real history, in publicly observable ways that could be denied by people both on their side and critical of their side. And the only way... You can ground so much in history and continue to have the church grow as if when you're talking about history, real life events, they're actually real life events, not made up fairy tales, made up in someone's imagination. Um, and, and again, just take great confidence in that. We, we, we have a faith that is very reasonable, that's grounded in, in reason and evidence and truth. Um, as well as obviously coming from God. I'm not it's not to deny that. It's not it's not to say, oh, it's reasonable, therefore now we can accept it. It's it's saying we don't have to bifurcate and either have something from God or something that's reasonable. Something from God or something that has evidence. It's a false dichotomy that I fear is too often made in the church where you can't have both. And yet when you read page after page after page of the New Testament, you're getting both. They, they didn't have that same problem. They didn't have an issue with history and evidence and reason and, and, and God being behind it all. They, they just saw those fitting together 
innately. Closing thoughts before we shift our focus to the rest of Acts uh, in the weeks ahead, months ahead, and looking at uh, a lot of what Saul of Tarsus, Paul the Apostle, does. Yeah, so just simply this, that um, um, the the arc of chapter 12, uh, it begins with the, you know, the death of James and the imprisonment of Peter, but it ends with, uh, with God prevailing. It ends with the vindication of God's purposes in, in the world. And uh, the Lord Jesus is the centerpiece, that they really did have this clarity. Uh, they weren't surprised by suffering. They weren't put off by suffering. They really did see Jesus as the conquering king, that he really had prevailed, that God's purposes will be accomplished, even in the or in the face of uh, the hard things. Yeah, I would agree completely. I think that's that's great. And again, just taking taking that encouragement. You know, this should be encouraging. Even when we hear these hard things, we should be taking away encouragement. Uh, you should be gaining that conviction that you can also endure hard things, whether they're publicly, uh, you know, for your public witness, or just for God molding you more into His image, refining you through the events of your life. Um, and we need to be open to that. And it's not that God can't give us good things. He often does. And and look, Peter being miraculously delivered, we could say is a good thing. There was nothing wrong with that. It's that God is working in all of these things, not just a select few. That's positive. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think, an important takeaway. All right. Well, we will wrap up with that. Thanks again for joining me, Josh. Look forward to more conversations in the future. And we look forward to being with you again here on uh, Engage Your World. Engage Your World exists to help you know, share, and grow in your faith. Thanks for tuning in.